What's up, guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 142, and it's me, Matt Whitmore, with the stunning Keris Marsden. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, Am I your Valentine? Oh, wow. Straight in there. Yeah. Well. Because if I'm not, I might might be looking elsewhere. I got other offers. <laughs> yeah. You're like, look. <laughs> I appreciate the offer, yeah. but I just need to check elsewhere first, yeah. and then I'll get back just to you. With <laughs> yeah, I'll just ask my boyfriend, and then I'll come back to you. Well, I w- I would be honoured if you'd be my Valentine. Oh, okay. Are you supposed to get something first, like a card? Oh, blimey! No, no. Now she wants a gift. <laughs> but uh, surely I only get you those once I've confirmed you'll be my Valentine. No, no, you do it first. What? That's you do it anonymously first, and then the risk. There's a risk there in that investment. You just asked me outright on the I, podcast. Uh, <laughs> are you going to get me flying? Yes. <laughs> well, the question should be: Are, are you going to buy me things <laughs> on the 14th so, of February? What things are you going to buy me? Because I might want to look elsewhere. Yeah. If they're not good enough. I used to love Valentine's Day as a teenager. Oh, did you? It's so exciting. I bet you was popular. People took it seriously. Where I like up north people like you know every year you get quite excited about it and there would be cards flowers yeah but, that, but that's the only reason you got excited like you wouldn't be that excited if no, you cause... never got cards and flowers would you no <laughs> yeah, true you'd hate but, it uh, no but even if i didn't i was always excited to think i might do you might the mystery and i used of, to send ooh. them i sent them as well in fact oh I'm just, you know what, it's just popped into my head i remember delivering some toffees to a boy around the corner some toffees <laughs> and with a card oh did he accept your uh, yeah. proposal? God, it's only just, you know, things just randomly pop yeah. up. I think I, like, knocked on the door and ran, though, and then I think I waved. <laughs> it wasn't me, but I'm running away now. <laughs> Play knockdown ginger. Yeah. But then I also remember um, receiving some flowers from someone delivered, and then when I looked out the window, he was, he was just in the hedge, like, peeping out the hedge. <laughs> and I didn't like it. Oh, no. So it's just... They're in the bush. So that's always the embarrassing <laughs> bit, isn't it? If you if you don't if you don't want to say yes, but you really want the box of chocolates that they've just given you, <laughs> and he's in your bush. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bit awkward. Did Did he know that you saw him in your bush? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because he, he was kind of peeping and then he moved. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. I hope everyone's got well. a nice. Valentine's Day planned anyway. Yeah. I still think it's... I know everyone says, oh, it's just a commercial. Which it is, let's be honest. But at the same time, I do. I think it's nice. Most people probably just WhatsApp now, don't they, anyway? Don't even... <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, babes. <laughs> <laughs> Most people... Maybe people group WhatsApp now and just put everyone in. People are probably just like, do a status update. <laughs> just want to wish everyone a Happy Valentine's <laughs> yeah. Day. Bosh. They, they say now with all the dating apps that we've, we're not doing that kind of interaction anymore. We don't ask people out. Mm. We don't take those risks. And it, it, it's like rejection's too embarrassing now. Whereas it's yeah. something that I just grew up with. Obviously, yeah. I didn't because I ran I put the toppies on the door and ran off. But, but I think Yeah, but you were 10. You always, yeah, but, but even as a teenager, you took the risk of being rejected. Whereas yeah. they're saying now that people don't want to take that risk. So because through the apps, you can kind of find out beforehand if someone likes you then people do that and then no one ever takes the risk of actually yeah, asking yeah. somebody out. So Yeah, it's a shame really. Because it was, yeah, like you said, it was part and parcel, wasn't it? But then it seems, I only know this from kind of, I read a lot of the weekend magazines where they talk about relationships and dating, that there's almost like a mass exodus now away from the apps as well because people have had, you know, it's almost like the, the, the human brain has got wise to how to use it for certain things that what they want. Mean? So it's kind of, like I was just saying, so... Some people are on there just for like one night stands or some people are kind of so busy checking out if they're going to be liked or rejected. They don't take any risks. They don't start the conversation. So they're all being used in a certain way now. So people are a bit like, well, I'm I'm just going to leave it then. Because it's also more hurtful to be in an, in an environment where no one's putting you, no one's kind of approaching you, if that makes sense. Because isn't one of them about anyone that's in the vicinity with you. I know most of them about that, but there's one where you've crossed paths. Oh, really? Yeah. And so what one one of my friends said was it gets a little bit embarrassing when you're crossing paths and matching, but no one's ever speaking or saying that. So, like, it's quite clear that 
everyone in that vicinity is, doesn't really feel, find you attractive. Oh, so right, I think right, right. Like a, yeah. And it's just, it's been like, I know I've got friends who met on apps and, and things like that, and I did a few of them. But I don't know. I suppose it's just, it's, it's not, a, it's a little natural. Mm. We're trying to almost kind of, I've never or algorithm, algorithming something that should be like chemistry, you know, or like you, your eyes meet and then you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I, yeah, I mean, it's weird because, you know, like you say, there are success stories, right? Yeah. But then, yeah, it's not. It's never been for me, the whole dating apps and I really don't sites. Think, like, if, if anything happened between us, I really don't think you'd ever need it, to be fair. Oh, <laughs> anyway. Too nice to me. Anyway. It's not a coincidence that I met my last three girlfriends at the gym. Yeah, <laughs> and so did I, as in... Well, my last boyfriend at the gym. I often say that when people ask me. I often say, get into like sports, sports teams, walking groups, like, like just meet like-minded people and get well, chatting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like... Go back to like even academic, you know. Because at least you know you're, you know, there's a good chance you're going to be into the same things yeah, yeah. if you've met and doing something that yeah. you enjoy the, doing. I've seen students meet at the college that I teach at. Yeah. You know, I just think like that go, you'll you'll be shared interests. And the fact that you're... If it was some, like photography course, like you're giving up your evening or weekend to do that, then you're, you're a certain type of person, and I don't know. So there's your algorithm right there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're both driven and motivated. Yeah. And, yeah. No, exactly. So more likely to exactly. meet that way. Um, but this episode isn't about <laughs> dating. Dating. <laughs> Fit singles. Dating 101. <laughs> we're talking about talk about something else, aren't we? We yeah, we thought what we, we would do about? <laughs> fats today. Fits. Fats, as in dietary fats. Yeah. And I can't think why I, I decided to do... I don't know why. I just come to me in a dream. <laughs> you sound like um, uh, Gavin and Stacey, the mother-in-law. <laughs> the mother-in-law? Yeah. Um, Stacey's mother-in-law, Gavin's mum. Uh, Pam. Oh, yeah, Pam yeah. along? Yeah. Pam. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's my favourite character in Gavin yeah. Stacey. She is good. She is good. They're an uncle ring. Anyway... I thought we would do dietary fats because lecturing this week, I got lots and lots of questions actually about fats and it occurred to me that it is something that is just so incredibly important for cell function, yet there's so little focus paid to it other than there was a bit of a fish oil phase, wasn't there? Probably, I'd say like Mm. five, six years ago. But on a general level, I'm always surprised. I see like I get food frequency questionnaires in from clients and I still see that people aren't eating things like oily fish. And so I just wanted to kind of cover over some key things that you should probably be looking to do with your nutrition to get your fats balanced. And then just a bit of information about if you're not going to eat certain foods, how would you need to supplement with those fats Mm -hmm. to make sure that your needs are met and which fats are doing what? Because some have a pro-inflammatory response, some have an anti-inflammatory response. Both are really important. Yeah, of course. So there's kind of a lot of misconceptions out there that if it's a pro-inflammatory fat then we shouldn't have it you know at all but you you need inflammation it's incredibly important Uh so it's not like you know consume loads of this and none of that it's just about getting that right balance and if you wanted to get a test on where would you go so that's what i thought we would talk about i also think as well in the world of kind of you know training and, and sport performance if you will a lot of the focus is often on protein and carbs oh yeah definitely and you know we Fats are incredibly important when it comes to your sporting performance as well as obviously your your overall health. So Yeah, and managing inflammation. And in fact, a lot of the studies are being done on could some of these fats in higher doses help in terms of almost something's like an anti-inflammatory effect, but something's almost mimicking the inflammatory effect of exercise to encourage protein synthesis. Mm-hmm. You know, so obviously like you can imagine the kind of more anaerobic training uh, styles have been all over that to see what yeah. is this another form of sports performance supplement that we can do to you know really kind of not it's not you know there's nothing gonna be against it it's just gonna be helpful from a kind of dietary perspective but more than food so more than we could get from food yeah is what, what we tend to do with the, the supplement side of things so i thought we could start with you oh so i was just gonna ask you if you... well luckily for you i like talking about me so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've bought a food diary that I prepared earlier. Uh, no, I thought I'd ask you, what do you do in terms of your fats? How do you ensure that you're getting the right balance of different types of fats? So let's not talk about the amounts because everyone just loves talking about the amounts. Yeah. I'm more going to focus on the variety yeah. and the right amounts of that variety, but not as in how much does fats make up of your total macros. So yeah. you, what do you do? 
Well, I suppose I just make the, because obviously I don't consciously track my calories and macros per se, but I do make a, a conscious effort to vary what I do have on a, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So for me, like if I was to focus on what my, my protein intake will be in a meal, that would obviously play a role in my fat as well yeah. with a view that I'm like, right, okay, is, is, a, is this a, a lean bit of protein such as like chicken, turkey, white fish, or is it a fattier protein, maybe like red meat, lamb, beef or whatever, yeah. or a fattier fish? Yeah. You know, salmon, sometimes we do like tin sardines or tin mackerel, don't we? Like if we're yeah. making a quick and salad or whatever. Love roll mops. In fact, <laughs> I'm slightly nervous doing this podcast because just before I saw Matt eat, so first of all, he was eating some cold baked potatoes out the fridge, like apples, which is a good thing because cold potatoes mm. are high in resistant starch. Mm-hmm. But resistant starch tends to like hang around, doesn't get absorbed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and curious. And then he just set this giant pile of roll mops covered in onions. And I was just like, this is going mm. to be. Probably won't kick in until after, after the recording. <laughs> no, You're we, safe. You're safe. Tonight. I do love roll mops though. Herring though, very good source of omega-3. It is, it is. Um, but yeah, so I just make that conscious effort to be kind of like aware of, of what I'm consuming. So for example, the reason I kind of had like oily fish with my lunch today is because uh, last night I had, I had turkey. Yeah. So then I'm like, right, okay, today I'll get a hit of, of some kind of oily fish uh, down me today yeah and then tomorrow i'm like right i'll have some maybe some kind of like red meat today do you yeah. see what i mean so in my head i just kind of each day almost try and go oh, what do i have yesterday oh, i'll have this today Something different. so so do you yeah. work over seven days and check that you get so many servings of anything or not you just put more like i try and get varieties um a, a oily fish down me a minimum of like two or three times a week yeah and i'd say i, I do that each week no no problem at all because I love oily fish anyway. Yeah. So that's that's not a problem for me to do. And any particularly oily fish, the reason I'm asking, because farmed and wild may be slightly different in terms of their omega-3-6 content. So do you make that, is that something that you think about or? Uh, not so much. I, I used to be a bit more, I mean, let's be honest, wild salmon is just nowhere near as nice as farmed salmon. <laughs> like, so. Well, as in wild supermarket salmon. Yeah, wild, yeah. We're not getting like wild Alaskan salmon freshly caught. No, no, of course not. Of course not. But, but if I, for my oily fish, that's when I tend to, I have that when I'm kind of just knocking together a quick lunch, which is normally salad and like a tin of sardines or a tin of mackerel. But they are, they're all wild caught. They're wild, so they're yeah. Like, so that's like a bit of an easy win for me. Because yeah. during the day, I'm not so fussed about kind of sitting down and having a super duper delicious meal as such yeah. like i enjoy all my foods let's be clear but not so much as like my dinners and my breakfast where i put a good bit of time into making those and enjoying them like for me during the day food is just fuel and i eat it and then i crack on yeah so for me i'm like right bosh whack a tin of fish on a nice big mixed salad with some potato rice or whatever so i can tick that box and say like you know i've got a decent hit of protein and Omega freeze down me today, yeah. if that makes sense. And so then, and do you change it depending on whether you're doing like now that you're doing? Are you doing CrossFit? Oh, uh, occasionally. I don't like to go on about it, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm a CrossFitter. <laughs> so do you adapt your fats around training at all, or are you again not? Because you've never. What's been always cool about you is. I watch people out there as a, when they talk about sports performance and they really do drill down to the, the detail of it, you mm. know, like pre-workout, post-workout, yeah. timing of this, timing of that. And you've always been about just get the food in, predominantly good food, good scarf, not too much. Yeah. And you've never really overthought, but then you've trained, I think, for a lot longer than most people. Mm-hmm. So I think you're much more kind of in tune with what your body might need, what what yeah. what, you, what what doesn't work for you. So do you change your macros on the on training non-training days uh well i take on more carbs yeah on my training days more more so than than i did before i'm also training more often now than i was before so my carb intake across the week has just gone up so do you take fats down full stop on those days or not a little bit so i would probably opt for maybe like slightly leaner sources of protein yeah but i'd like to think that i get enough fats on 
other days. The other days and still within what I'm consuming that day. So and you're not fat not free to on suffer. those days, are you? Hell no. <laughs> you're eating no a bottle of banana at the end of the conversation. I love it. It's like such a good combo, that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard one because so many people ask me questions about my macros and whatnot. And I'm so laid back with it, but only because I it works for me. Yeah, to be laid back. To, to be laid back. And I've got like a really good awareness of you know, like my body, like how I perform, how I recover, how I feel, that, that I can get away with that. So it's not to say that everyone should be the same, but I do make that conscious effort of like, right, I'm consuming quite a lot more carbohydrates today because I've trained really hard. Yeah. So I'll opt for leaner sources of protein. But like you say, it still won't be fat free. Yeah. So there'll still be, you know, let's be honest, like, you know, I, I do prefer like red meat protein over poultry, for example. Yeah. So... I always see that in, in a lot of men versus women. Women always prefer poultry, white fish, seafood, generally, mm. almost like less fatty protein sources. And men always prefer red meat, pork, sausages, bacon. No, but, but I, I genuinely crave fat. Yeah. I think I've said this to you before, like there'll be times when I'm like, God, like I'm really just craving something fatty. I think that's and- association of it though. Yeah, probably, because it's not even necessarily like, like sometimes I'll be like, God, I fancy like a really nice bit of like salmon. Yeah. You know, done with some like rice and, and, and you know, because I just crave that kind of sensation of the fattiness. Yeah, yeah. In, in my mouth, do you know what I mean? When I'm chewing and, and yeah. whatnot. And yeah, I don't know. Well, one, one of my theories, I can't figure it out with women, whether it's slight fat phobia from the kind of fat messaging and diet dieting yeah. that I think has lingered just for most a lot of women that I work with still are, you know, kind of conscious of that and mm. conscious of calories and conscious of body composition. And another thing I often get the feedback on is that fats make people feel too full and almost nauseous. And one of the reasons behind that might be because the sex hormones are involved in in uh, gallbladder function, which is involved in helping us to digest our fats. And so I think for some people, it's maybe down to more of a kind of the hormones aren't, aren't making you, you feel too... Well, it, there can be a hormone influence right. with all of that. And that's why a lot of women have their gallbladders removed because they don't contract like they're supposed to. They think one of the factors might be excess estrogen in the body. Oh, wow. and, and so they uh, have to be careful with fats. Uh, so your mom has no gallbladder and she will say, I'll get queasy if I have too much. Like It, yeah. it doesn't take away the ability to have fats, but it... What the gallbladder does is is basically release bile, which helps you to um, emulsify your fats. So break them into smaller droplets, and then your enzymes can actually break them down properly. So without that emulsification process, you have to either supplement with bile, or uh, you can take something like lecithin as a supplement, which helps to do that process. So a bit of a kind of, a, but, but it's just a general observation that I've seen, and I'm always trying to figure out: is it because of the digestive side of things? Because you'd often see. Lots of people say, you know, red meat makes me feel too full. You've had that feedback from clients, haven't you? Yeah, you yeah. said, oh, they're, you know, their iron's low. And you said, oh, have you had tried having a steak? And they're like, oh, I can't, I can't. Yeah. Is it clear? Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're like, yeah, or it makes me feel like nauseous. So. Yeah. But just go back to you. And then I was going to say, and do you have anything post-workout? Or again, do you not overthink any of that? Because of thinking that fat slow down all the digestive processes? Well, I'm just or- pretty straightforward post-workout. Like nine times out of ten, I have a banana and a whey protein shake and then I'm not I don't obsess over when my next meal is but I generally tend to eat within you know on average within an hour or two after that yeah but I don't put a pressure on myself to be like oh, I must eat straight away yeah although I will have a banana and a protein shake like immediately afterwards yeah and I think the, the thing with that is obviously digestion isn't what it it's, it's kind of closed down whilst you're training anyway. Yeah. So having something that's easy to absorb and then wait until your hunger maybe kicks in. Yeah. Good shout. But so just to go back to looking at your fine take over the week, I think you're really nailing it in that sense because one of the, the basic things I often say is if you've got that mix of proteins in there, there's a good chance that you've got a mix of all the different types of fat. So we want to have a mixture of essential fatty acids, omega-3 and 6. Mm-hmm. We want to have some saturated and monounsaturated in there. And we also want to have some cholesterol and phospholipids in there choline which is in things like it's in eggs generally organ meats and in some you know nuts and seeds do you eat organ meats once a week at the moment no i used to yeah i used to be much better with uh like liver love liver many people don't but i do and i don't have a problem eating that but yeah 
It's a good point, Chris. <laughs> I don't know why I've kind of like fallen out of the habit. Because if you're having an organ meat of some sorts a couple of times a week and you're eating the oily fatty fish and you have egg yolks in your nutrition, there's a good chance you probably don't need to worry. There is that suggestion, try and make sure the oily fish is there two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. And if that is your kind of normal routine, the organ meat could be once a week, you know, about yeah, yeah. Like 80 grams or whatever, then you've probably got everything covered. And again, as long as you're not doing, like you mentioned, there's a bit of a trend towards kind of lean proteins for people to lose weight and things like that um, and go towards turkey breast, chicken breast, that type of thing. You still want to be having fats, you know, at some, at some point in your diet. You don't yeah, want to yeah. be kind of, you know, low fat no fat type thing because it's a part of every single cell in your body has a membrane and the membrane is really important for kind of signaling messaging absorbing nutrients in and out of a cell but also it plays a response it plays a role in your kind of uh, in your immune system response so in terms of controlling inflammation we want to think about our dietary fats for that because they make up the membrane and the membranes are responsible for launching inflammation if we need it which sometimes we do and it's really important and then resolving inflammation if we need to do that Mm -hmm. and so that's why people need to think a little bit more about the types of fats the quality of the fats and also just be a bit careful about heating fats as well so again if you're constantly eating out and ordering takeaways they're going to be cooked in the cheapest fats. So it's probably going to be vegetable oils of some sort. So yeah. it's going to be quite a lot of omega-6, not necessarily the other types of fat, probably some saturated trans fats. And they're going to be overheated likely. So they're going to be damaged, oxidized. Mm-hmm. So that means that your cell membranes, it is like having, you know, kind of, it could be like a, a rubbish mobile phone, like from, you know, the first mobile phones when they ever came out. It's going to be a bit like that. So yeah. signal's not great. It's clunky. It's hard to use. That's kind of what happens to the cell membrane. But then it can get a little bit overcomplicated when you look at kind of nutritional therapists or um, maybe somebody from kind of ancestral nutrition. They all start talking about ratios, you know, and then it gets a little bit like, oh. And eventually the observation I've made is whenever I talk about fats at a big presentation, be this lecturing to nutrition students, going into gyms and talking to people, women's groups, so many people aren't just doing those basics of, are you eating oily fish? No. Are you eating looking at eggs and liver for- but, that, but that's why like you know we often say you know if you're eating a variety of eat ma- each macronutrient you're going to be okay you're probably yeah, yeah. going to be all right yeah. you know because if you're eating lean proteins as well as fattier proteins if you're eating a bit of poultry a bit of red meat a bit of bit of fish yeah you know you, you you're probably going to be getting and also they all offer different amino acids mm. and the other part of a cell membrane that's it's, it's protein and yeah. we have to have these essential amino acids so again like you're doing if you're varying those protein sources then you'll make sure that you're probably meeting your essential amino mm. acid needs with the help of b6 you can change it into all the other amino acids that the body would need but what's quite important to kind of focus on for a second is we can make fats but the ones that we have to consume from diet is omega-3 and omega-6 mm. and again most people know this where it gets a little bit confusing is what's marketed as an omega-3 won't necessarily give you enough of what we call the the long chain fats. So what our body does is it'll take the kind of building blocks to make a fat and it'll basically take it through different chemical conversions and it makes it longer. So it Mm -hmm. elongates it and it desaturates it. And it can do this as long as you've got the precursor fats, which is why we say that you need to look at consuming the precursor fats. Now the precursor fats are alpha linoleic acid for omega-3s and um, arachidonic, no, not arachidonic acid, sorry, linoleic acid for omega-6. And it's dead easy to get your linoleic acid because it's in most foods. So it's it's in things like, for example, all the vegetable oils, which most people are consuming at some point because that's yeah. in everything now any, anyway. But it's also in our, our animal products as well because that many of them have got high amounts of omega-6 in their tissues. So this is your, your poultry and your beef and everything. So we, we don't tend to worry too much about omega-6 because it's very abundant in our nutrition. Whereas with the omega-3s, the alpha-linoleic acid can come from things like flaxseed, chia seeds, and hemp and nuts, And there's a big debate at the moment about how effective the body is at converting them into what we need, which is the longer chain fats at the bottom of the chain Mm -hmm. or bottom of the chain of reactions that take place, which is EPA and DHA for the omega-3s. And then we need arachidonic acid and something called gamma linoleic acid for the omega-6. And they're the ones that that play a role in this kind of inflammation process. Right. So your omega-3s are kind of known as the resolvins that they will, will stop 
the inflammation. Mm-hmm. And your arachidonic acid, one of your omega-6 uh, kind of metabolites, is responsible for launching it. And then we also have a fat I mentioned before called gamma-linoleic acid, which also comes from your omega-6. If you, We can supplement with this in the form of primrose oil, for example. This has an anti-inflammatory effect. So to be able to get all of those, you want to make sure you're having the kind of precursor nutrients. Mm-hmm. But if you actually want it to be a safer bet that you're getting those long chain fats, some people talk about kind of skipping those conversions might be quite helpful, if that makes sense. And that's why we look at having the fatty fish instead, which has got your EPA and DHA. Mm-hmm. So if you remember, we start with the linoleic acid, omega-6, and the alpha-linoleic acid, omega-3, and then we take them through those chain conversions to make... I know you're like looking at me going, I'm with you, kind of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we make our, our arachidonic acid, gamma-linoleic acid, and then our EPA and DHA. So what I'm trying to say here is to get the EPA and DHA, you need to have the fatty fish, mm-hmm. or you can take a fish oil supplement. Yes. Or we now have algae DHA supplements, and we can convert those back into EPA if we need. So Algae? DHA, so from seaweed. And the reason I'm kind of highlighting this is some people are out there eating a lot of flaxseed, chia seeds, walnut and hemp Mm -hmm. to try and get their omega-3 levels to be adequate. But we don't know how much it varies across individuals. I think some we think some people are very good at converting them and others not so well. And it might be influenced by the other fats that you're having. And, And also, you know, from a body composition perspective those things are quite calorie dense yes yeah yeah so So, people are drinking flaxseed oil and whatnot well or eating eating lots of of nuts and seeds then it yeah it might affect yeah you're absolutely right so again you to to meet to get your omega-3 needs met through that because i mean i must admit since training more and training more intensely despite eating a decent hit i feel of uh, oily fish each week i do now supplement as well with like a cod liver oil yeah Every day. And this is a really good point. So the reason I'll often recommend the cod liver oil over just a normal fish oil, so both have benefits, but the cod liver oil will have a combination of EPA and DHA. And generally when you're looking at these long-chain fats, EPA and DHA, they offer different benefits. If you look at some of the research on there, EPA kind of has a role in, in lowering triglycerides and more of the maybe metabolic processes, maybe in terms of lowering inflammation. But DHA is so fundamental for cognitive function. So DHA needs to go higher in pregnancy. A woman should probably take DHA before trying to get pregnant as well and during breastfeeding. And then children have that higher need for DHA as well. And they think this is one of the things that is lacking now because of the big change in in our nutrition. With the cod liver oil, you get a mix of EPA and DHA, but you also get the vitamin A from the cod liver oil. And this was given in post-war periods and things like that. And vitamin A is important for everything from immune system function to fertility to any area, any cell in the body uses vitamin A a lot. So, and I just think increasingly people are dropping out a lot of foods that are rich in vitamin A because the preformed vitamin A is only in animal products and dairy and fish and eggs. So if we're not eating that then, but cod liver oil generally uh, for you in terms of immune system health and uh, we said like joint health and stuff. But I I was going to say that, you know, like um, immunity is a big thing, isn't it? Because, well, you're going to express your immunity. With yeah, the if you are, of if you are training hard and yeah. you're training for long periods of time, you know, it, it is immune suppressing. So you need to make sure that you back yourself up in that sense as well. Interestingly, um, there's a lot of debate about, this is when people do start to drill it down, but whether you should take a lot of anti-inflammatory stuff in that kind of post-workout period because you actually want the inflammatory response. You want response. the inflammation, yeah. Yeah, and so actually there's been more studies where people have said actually take arachidonic acid as a supplement to drive an inflammatory response to get a better response back from the body. Yeah. I don't know, like it's kind of split on, on the research on that. But you probably don't necessarily want to be loading in as people tend to think like post-workout, I'm going to have fish oil and ginger and terminal. Actually, you don't necessarily want that. No. I'm not saying, you know, oh God, don't eat anything like that for 24 hours. Yeah. I just don't think we know any- enough about this kind of stuff. But you would definitely go easy on that. that. Also, I just don't overthink it. <laughs> I know you don't overthink it. But just go back to the supplement side of things. So whether I used or not- to. Yeah, no. But now like, I just, yeah. <laughs> and I think one of the things that's been really apparent to us in like the longer that we've kind of been in this industry and the more things that me and you have tried from a nutrition perspective or a training perspective 
is that especially from a training perspective like mindset just rules it, mm. it you know so as much as we can think you've got to have the foundation there don't get me wrong but ask me to do some push-ups like here and now and i could wrap out you know decent set put me in a room of 80 people ask me to do some push-ups watch me double the numbers like it's just the environment rules that oh, you, know, yeah. you know what i mean and i just think that's what you've discovered with crossfit it's like you're suddenly like different mindset motivation mm. crowd you know kind of I can't think what I'm trying to say here. I'd say like crowd cheering you on, but you haven't got a crowd at CrossFit. What I'm saying is group training, you know, you've got group energy and stuff. You do. You oh, do have yes. a bit of a crowd. Everyone like gets around each other and like yeah. eggs them on. It's nice. It's yeah. amazing. And I just think that will override anything that, you know, whether or not you had a fish oil capsule that morning or not. Yeah, you yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, again, the brain's so powerful. But just to go back to the supplements, I think... Um, so I'll often recommend now cod liver oil for people where they're looking at things like immune system health, joint health, even for pregnancy. I think um, some people are a bit cautious of vitamin A, so they, you know, it's going to depend on their total intake through their diet, yeah. and they probably just stick with a prenatal DHA. Um, so I normally suggest one that's got about 500 milligrams of DHA and for right. postnatal and during pregnancy. But um, same thing for and for children as well. So I always think like it. Again, it's going to depend on their diet, teenagers maybe too. And the dosages, again, it's really going to depend on what you're consuming. There's a good chance that if you've got the oily fish um, and you're not doing anything like you load and loads of training, you probably don't need much more than that. You probably don't need to supplement either. But most people stick at something like one to two grams, which is the capsule. Or if you're kind of doing a little bit of a higher dose, therapeutic dose for a certain period, you still yeah. wouldn't want to do that for much longer than a couple of months, like maybe a teaspoon yeah. or something like that. And the other thing to bear in mind is if you don't want to have, so I've got clients who are plant-based where they don't want to have fish, oily fish, and they don't want to have the uh, supplements either from uh, fish. So their option is to then go for an algae DHA. And again, what I often say to them is do look at the amount that you're getting per capsule. So you want to try and make sure that you're getting the lowest dose is about 200 milligrams of a DHA, but you want to try probably double that just to make sure that you're getting, you're going to convert it into the other fats as well so and most of them now are getting more concentrated so you are getting more per capsule but it's a bit more expensive i think to go with some of the some of the algae forms but again just to say that i wouldn't rely on the the seeds and the nuts and things like that yeah yeah. and one final point with it is to do that conversion down into the different types of fats the body might need requires good b vitamin status good zinc and magnesium is involved in everything so you've got to have a good nutritious diet anyway of course and again there's a chance if you've if you've gone plant-based one of the things that you might be lowing out of all of those is b6 and zinc so it might be that you need those cofactors for your enzymes to do those conversions so the only way to to kind of truly know is to actually go and get you can get a, a red cell fatty acid profile done and that will tell you what the balance of all the different fats are in your cell membrane so it will tell you your saturated your mono Mono, we haven't really mentioned that they're the kind of Mediterranean fats, so mm-hmm. avocados, nuts, seeds, olive oil, that type of thing. So most people are fine for those now. Yeah, everyone's got say, those yeah. in their diet, and they're really rich in vitamin E, which is very protective of the cell membrane. So if you're not consuming those, you need to make sure you've got some green leafy vegetables in there as well. You need the vitamin E to be able to. It's just an antioxidant essentially that protects your fats from being oxidized. So we all consume oxidized fats at some point and there's oxidation in the body anyway. So your antioxidants are a big part of reducing the impact that can have on your health. Interestingly, uh, red palm oil is um, recommended as a, a supplement for vitamin E. So you can actually oh, really? take it like by the spoonful because it's so high and it's generally used in African cooking. But people used to do wheat germ oil for skin for the same reason because skin... It really benefits usually from vitamin high high amounts of vitamin E. Well, that's where you see on a lot of the creams, don't you? Yes, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. rich in vitamin E. And some people use a capsule and burst it and put it on their skin directly. Oh, really? Antioxidant. Again, you take it internally. Wheat germ used to be one, but now with all the kind of intolerances, and it's only an oil, but still a yeah, lot of yeah. people have dropped out seed oils. And as for the other kind of important point to note is, it's different if you're consuming something like a real a cold pressed oil from wheat germ or rapeseed in a dark glass bottle to if you're going into the supermarket and getting the kind of vegetable oil seed oils yeah, you know yeah. that like crisp and dry and all of those like it's yeah. a different it is a different product of course some people still feel it's giving you a very high dose of omega-6 and could lead to that 
in balance but again it's just going to depend on on all the fats that you're consuming within your yeah, diet generally. yeah i was gonna say yes yeah, it's, it's not just that one thing is it no and so again if you've got that kind of mix you don't need to necessarily worry about it but if you're going to start eliminating foods be it oily fish or you know the, the red meat or eggs or anything because i also try to consciously vary the oils that i cook in as well yeah so like sometimes i cook in olive oil other times coconut sometimes butter yeah it's a good so it's a, this is what everyone likes to kind of come back to as well and know which ones are the best ones for cooking but i think so that's a good thing for you but you actually probably don't need to do that because you consume a mixture of fats in your mm. proteins so because you already get saturated fat in your red meat in your your pork and and if you eat in organ meats and there's a little bit in eggs and stuff as well if you weren't consuming those then you would want to have some saturated fat in things like as a cooking fat yeah. so you would look for again coconut oil red palm oil would be your plant-based ones or, or butter or ghee again it would be your kind of animal-based mm. ones ghee has the lactose removed so it's very good if you're not very good with lactose yeah it's boiled away so and the, the, thing, the thing about the the the, the, the the higher the temperature of cooking as we know the more it's better to yeah. use a saturated fat because it just they're more stable at higher temperatures and so I kind of just make that decision more than anything and of mm. course we know now that olive oil is so high in polyphenols and antioxidants that that can be helpful for cooking but you yeah. still wouldn't want to whack it up and start to get this you know it's smoky and it's smelling yeah, it's yeah. going rancid essentially at that point in time yeah so use it always try and cook on the lowest heat possible yeah. anyway some people i think i've said this before are very anti-oils that i've come across in nutrition they say just always cook with water and add yeah. the oil afterwards if you can so they're more about sauteing in a broth um which we do a little bit more of now don't we we've sauteed fish and seafood and stir fried yeah. veg in bone broth and it can be quite nice because you've got like some of the broths we make are really flavored with yeah, garlic yeah. and herbs and things but it always comes back to you would never saute a steak in water. Like, no. <laughs> so, Hell no. So, so there's always going to be, you know, you're going to need fats. But you're going to be, and you're heating the fat anyway still. Yeah. You're still going to oxidize the fat to some degree. So the other fat I just wanted to talk about was um, the, the gamma linoleic acid, which was from the omega-6 family. Because one of the other risks is if you're loading in some of the omega-3s and high dosing it, they often say you've got to consider if you've got enough of the gamma linoleic acid. And so it can be worth just adding a capsule of evening primrose oil mm -hmm. if you're already taking fish oils and things like that. Um, ideally, you go and see a nutritional therapist and get a little bit of a review on all of this stuff because they'd want to know, look at your diets, look at your symptoms. Do you want to do a fatty acid profile yeah. test? And off, of, off the back of a fatty acid profile test, you can be recommended ratios of you'd benefit from three grams of fish oil a day. But you'd, you'd get, you know, best bet is to kind of make some changes first make some changes first yeah. and see how you feel see yeah. how you get on yeah and i would say of everything like you what you're doing is is really simple with the with the oily fish the reason i kind of said is it farmed or not this is also important looking at your animal products is again the more they're fed grass the more they've got omega-3 in so your beef is going to have omega-3 but the more it's fed a grain-based diet the higher it's going to be in omega-6 yeah and what they're doing with farming fish now is feeding them often grains Rain. changing the omega-3-6 profile so that's why some people have said we'll just switch back to your tin sardines, anchovies, things that are always going to be wild are going to be really high in your omega-3s. And I always think anchovies is so easy because it can be made into a butter, into a sauce. Do you remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes. You know, Michelangelo was like, oh. no, no anchovies. On the pizza. On the pizza. <laughs> and then when we was in Portugal last year, yeah, yeah. and on our last night, I was like, I'm going to have a Joey special, two pizzas. Oh God, it was obscene. And one of them, I had anchovies on because I just wanted to see what it was like. It's nice, isn't it? No, I didn't like you it. You don't like it? Oh, it was all right. I love anchovies. But I was a bit like, I see where Michelangelo was coming from now. I'm such a salt junkie though. Like, I yeah. love them because so anchovies are essentially salty. I like, it when, I like it when they're on a, like, you know, in with the salad. Yeah. Our anchovy lamb yeah. recipe, which so is amazing. Yeah. But yeah, they're just not on a pizza. <laughs> I Every, say that's like, everyone's debating about with a pineapple pineapple on a pizza which i love by the way and i'm like no, no we should be debating the whole anchovies on a pizza tuna sweet corn and anchovy actually i will add to that tuna, a, tuna sweet corn anchovy olive on a, on a pizza oh amazing okay, you always got to make something naughty healthy haven't you no that's what that was that was my <laughs> pizza when i was like 
drunk outside a pizza really? shop all through teens yeah always oh, wow. can you imagine so snogging you I was after. Say, <laughs> after went home alone <laughs> sweet conversation it's all with making you. sense now thinking of <laughs> yeah that was always my um, that wow. and then sometimes we would then drive to the car- garage the petrol station garage and get barbecue walkers crisps and minstrels wow afterwards. Barbecue crisps. I wasn't driving drunk, by the way. Someone else would be driving. Good. Yeah. Thanks for uh, yeah. clarifying. <laughs> so uh, the final thing I was just going to finish on was so obviously mix up. We've kind of saying also it it would be good to mix up your oils because you get the different kind of different fatty acids anyway. So and there's also different benefits to the different ones. So we know in terms of the monos, we get the kind of we get vitamin E, but we also get the polyphenols, which are really good for gut health. We know with coconut oil, we get um, there's um lauric acid in there mean chain fatty acids which are also very beneficial for the gut the immune system so it's always good to kind of mix all of those different fats up same thing thing for butter and you've also got beta carotene and butter as well and obviously don't go too crazy with them that's something you always point out like it's interesting because the one time i've kind of said look at the refined light oils is for people who are trying to cut back a little bit but i still want them to have the fats in mm. so you could cook a steak but you might use that refined light oil spray which understand is probably slightly better for high temperature cooking yeah but not brilliant in terms of being it's not a natural fat it's been a it's it's a chemically transformed fat in that sense so again i think probably portion control is is my first preference for most people but of course you know as we've said before when you've got to lose weight that's going to be your that's your primary goal so you Mm. do that in a way that's sustainable and enjoyable for you and it might be again just using some of the different options I just think it's so easy to, you know, I did a post about this not that long ago about just being a bit more mindful of the oils that you use for cooking and maybe like dressing salads and stuff. Yeah. Because if you're just like mindlessly pouring a load of oil in a pan, if you've got a decent pan, you probably need a fraction of the oil. Yeah, yeah. So actually like invest in a decent pan and and measure out the oil you're using rather than just pouring and guessing. And again, same goes for a salad as well. You know, if you've got a decent olive oil, you yeah. know, just a little will go a long way on a salad. But without... also if you mix it with like lemon juice and vinegar yeah, and then emulsify it with an egg yolk, oh, wh- well. whisk it all up. <laughs> well, because it's, then it mixes properly, otherwise right. you get the, so egg yolk emulsifies it. But what I was about to say was then you've got a really nutritious dressing yeah, and yeah. you've halved the amount of oil because you use lemon and vinegar. Um, obviously put an egg in there as well and of course which is the the calories that's what I was going to say but also for some people it might be easier to measure out seeds and nuts and and avocado and actually have those you're still getting the same fats do you see what I mean so we will often one of my favourite things at the moment and uh, you quite like this is I'm uh, flavouring a lot of sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds I, like I soak them dehydrate them or just dry them out in the oven and then I'm covering them in paprika and chilli and stuff and we're yeah. having those on a salad they are very nice with some hemp seeds and stuff and it just adds that element of like texture so that you actually don't need a dressing necessarily put lemon juice seeds and some grated carrots sun-dried tomatoes you don't really need a dressing at that point in time do you? No. what do you say? I often don't put one on mine anyway but. no no I mean, to be fair I, I very rarely put a dressing on a salad to be honest there's kind of so much else going on <laughs> with, with my salads yeah with your salad you, you do make a good salad yeah um so that was it really i just wanted to kind of recap on all of that and to say that if you are going to supplement finally with any of the oils you have to do a little bit of research about the brand that you're going to use you have to be on their website making sure that they are very proud of the products they produce they will give you um, a certificate of analysis to say that they check it for oxidation there's usually some antioxidants in there to protect it it's in a dark glass bottle they filter it for plastics and mercury someone did say you almost probably better sometimes having the oil for fish oil than eating fish at the moment because they think we consume a credit card sized piece of plastic a week in, in basically animal and and fish seafood products because it's in the sea who 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 made that up though probably a fish oil company <laughs> it's a good point actually i thought you were yeah. going to say someone who plant-based and said not to eat fish no. they're everywhere aren't they i, I never the i never same with fertilizers and pesticides if you're on because i just don't understand i don't understand how they actually make such comparisons so i don't buy it if you're sweating you're sweating your plastics out a little bit anyway so that's that's i always think don't tell me anything unless i can do something about it and then tell me what i can do about it that's the most important thing yeah of course so make sure you have done your research on that company and you're happy with their manufacturing practices. I tend to like companies like Nordic Naturals, Bear Biology, BioCare, which is a British brand. They have very high doses of the EPA DHA per 
pound. So I'll often do a measurement of how much is in it per pound that someone's going to spend, right. so how long it's going to last for. Biocare come out really reasonable. Cytoplan is good um, for the algae. They've tended to really focus on the algae DHA. There's a few brands that I will tend to use with clients. And that's it, really. And same thing for the gamma linoleic acid. I'll often use, you know, get someone to do maybe a capsule of that if they've got a lot of kind of inflammation, hormone issues. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of some decent research to say it helps with skin problems as well, which often people use it even in primrose oil for skin, um, menstrual cycle symptoms. And again, with that, BioCare is a good one. Viridian have lots as well. So there's a few few brands. So that's it, really. Is there anything I've not covered, do you think, on the fats? I wouldn't have said so. I think you've covered... Quite a lot there. If you I suppose if you are struggling with the fats in terms of digestion, we mentioned if you haven't got a gallbladder, taking ox bile is a supplement you can actually get. And it will often come with lipase enzymes in it to help you break down fats. Or you can take lecithin, which is basically a kind of phospholipid compound that helps you to emulsify the fat so you can then break it down with your enzymes as well. So you take a spoonful of that with a, a fatty meal and you might feel a bit bit better and just one final bit of the fats that i haven't really mentioned is phospholipids which are the kind of bit every cell has a phospholipid layer to allow Mm -hmm. something which is fatty to sit in something which has water base which is your blood right and the phospholipids again get very damaged when you're doing for example loads of exercise stress pollution when there's a lot of activity going on in the body toxins that type of stuff the phospholipids are very vulnerable they're quite delicate and free radicals and, and waste products will damage them so making sure, again, it goes back to eggs and organ meats are kind of richest in phospholipids. So if they're, if they're in your diet, you're probably covered. But some people like to supplement now with lecithin to help. So it's often recommended to help with memory, mm-hmm. um, but also for lung function and so for asthma and things like that. There's lots of interesting research on it saying increasing the phospholipids in someone's diet and through supplements could be really helpful in terms of phospholipid replacement going on in the body. And all your brain chemicals are wrapped in a phospholipid sac. So when you think, you're turning over these more. So again, some people feel better when they take their fats up. Cognitively, they feel better. Yeah. Um, yeah, you often hear that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. In fact... and memory. They're often uh, recommended. Phosphatidylserine, phosphatidylcholine. These are supplements now. Right. Are recommended for memory function. Um, often in Alzheimer's dementia studies, those types of things. I did try them on you for your exam. Do you remember what you... Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I got you, it was a mega, uh, I think I got you a DHA oil, strong DHA oil, phospholipids. What else did we get? We did ginkgo biloba. There's some nice research on ginkgo biloba as well. I can't remember what I got you when you were like, you were more panicking before you'd even started revising. I know. Just <laughs> so. mean exams. It's not good. <laughs> no. Not good. Not good partnership. <laughs> so you can summarise. What, what do you think most people should be doing? Well, Joe, I think it would be really helpful for people to do if they do feel that this is an area that they could uh, do better on is do that old school thing of getting a pen and paper. Write down your intake. Well, write down maybe like a typical week-ish. Yeah. You know, you know, or even maybe maybe keep a conscious food log for a week and just have a look at are you getting enough? You know, like, yeah, what, what you're consuming. Are you getting enough? Is there enough of a variety there? Are you falling into that kind of habit of kind of same old, same old each yeah. week? Which, you know, I can't blame people for doing because, you know, it's it's a little bit easier, isn't it? Yeah. If you kind of have that kind of like handful of things that you kind of rotate, you know, you like. But you do need to make sure there is an element of a variety there. So maybe make up a little list, have a little look, and then... Do a little bit of planning in terms of, you know, right, I'm going to have two two portions of oily fish this week. I'm going to have a couple of portions of red meat. And then there's going to be a couple of portions of, you know, leaner proteins, be it white fish, poultry or whatever. Um, And then look at the more plant-based things such as your, your nuts, your seeds, olive oils, cooking oils, things like that. Yeah. And yeah, just and just make sure that a the variety is there, yeah, and b there's enough there, full stop to yeah. support your body on a on a health level level performance level etc. And if you now, if you feel strongly about dropping certain things out, be that animal products, seafood yeah. products, then you're going to have to explore. Can you increase your alpha linoleic acid, flax, yeah. cheese, walnuts, hemp? Can you convert them with the help of B6, zinc, magnesium? all the B vitamins are kind of involved and can or do you need to go and look at an algae 
DHA to retroconvert it back. And you'll never know, probably, unless you've got to look at your symptoms and maybe you need to go and get it tested and see. There it is. There you go. Oh, one final thing. If you wanted to geek out, you could use German nutritics that you <laughs> we did our recipes with. Ugh. Nutritics oh, and yeah. uh, chronometer are two bits of software where you can enter a week in and it will tell you what your balance of fat. It's not, it's not like accurate, accurate, but it's a nice, okay, well, there's an idea. But Gives you, you an idea. You, you have to pay for the software. But it might be something if you're concerned about and think it'd be fun to do, put in a week's worth of typical food and it'll tell you which amino acids you might need to bump up, mm-hmm. which omegas m- might you be low in and do you need to consider some of your micronutrients could be low or too high. But just very quickly, last thing from me, like if you are wondering why, you know, maybe you are training quite often and you are worried about like your energy levels or uh, like your recovery, etc. You know, you can now look at fats as well, rather than just being so focused on the proteins and the and the carbohydrates. And always, never forget when I say about the fish, everyone instantly thinks about, you know, like you just said, like a piece of salmon. They're like, oh, I don't like it, and I definitely don't like it with, with the skin and the bones and the eyes. And you know, some people, are like, oh. But so think about doing pates. Think about doing fish cakes. Think about doing some of the recipes that we've had particular success with Thai omega balls, which is blending up tin salmon with some coconut and some lime and chili and, and ginger and baking it into yeah, the they're really popular actually aren't and they? some people put those into a curry with a coconut base in it yeah so to, and then also fish cakes obviously same smash it together with some sweet potato garlic whatever it might be uh, we've also got a recipe for mackerel pate which is just get some cooked mackerel blend it with lemon juice and you can either use yogurt or you can do it with mushrooms if you want a dairy-free version you know then and the more lemon juice you put in there the more things that you can do to kind of take away the fishiness of it um more mushrooms it makes it very yeah you know just more like it's more about texture essentially so this might be helpful for children who are a little bit fussier and stuff as well so think about just getting a bit more creative with your fish and obviously we just mentioned anchovies go really well in a burger you can actually blend it into a burger if you wanted to anchovies yeah it's just salty so then if you add tomato puree or something that's a a little bit sweet again you probably won't know that it's necessarily in there trying to get them into your bolognese maybe maybe you can make them for me for valentine's day oh really (laughs) yeah Okay. So is that it, Kerry? That is it. Yeah, that's everything. Four to one was the ratio for six to three. But again, ideal, they say, is four to yeah. one. Yeah. You'll never know unless Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> again, I just think focus on the variety. Yeah. That's yeah. the most important thing. Like, you can in, overthink the shit out of these kind of yeah, things. Yeah, definitely. And, and for me, I'm not saying be completely laid back, but just chill out a little bit more and just... And it's like you said, go with the food before buying the supplements. Yeah, and, let's and, not make these things more complicated yeah. than they need to be. No. Nice one, Keris. Okay. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. <laughs> Don't know when you're listening yeah. to this, but... Hopefully not on Valentine's Day, yeah. at night. No. Like... Yeah, can you imagine? Passion killer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just doing some fatty acid research. I'll be with you in a minute. <laughs> Won't be long. <laughs> yeah. Hope you enjoyed this, guys. As always, we are here to help. So please do reach out with any questions at all. Info at fitterfood.com or catch us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, of course, Fitter Food. And we will do our very best to help you. And we'll see you in episode 143. Bye-bye. See ya.